Before we start, Strange Circle is a narrative podcast, best listened to in sequential order. So if this is your first time, why not go back to episode one? Enjoy the show. You're listening to Spirited Discussions, My Life with Ginger, read by the author Hilly Sanderson. I on a normal life for a while. I worked at the exchange until I was 25, then as an operator in the Midland Hotel. I never married. Those men who were interested in me always seemed to have something wrong with them. People still came to see me with their problems. Finding lost items was a big thing for me in those days. After seeing Julie's dead mother in her kitchen, Ginger encouraged me to seek out and speak to other spirits. It took me a few years before I was able to carry on any kind of meaningful conversation, and it tired me out to concentrate like that. But if I didn't concentrate, their images flitted away like butterflies. Word got round, as it tends to do. I saw my first professional client on the 2nd of January, 1980. I had a small flat in Manchester and had set the living room up to receive customers. I had a round dining table there, which people could sit around, and soft lighting to set the mood. I used a candle flame to concentrate when trying to see the dead. On that night in January, it was a bright red Christmas candle that I lit up. The woman across the table from me looked nervous. She was a housewife from Salford, whose son had gone missing the previous autumn. She explained the circumstances surrounding her boy's disappearance. A simple tale, riding off to school one Monday morning on his bike only never arrived. The police found his bike next to Langworthy Park and they searched there with no luck. There was no sign of him in the area at all and no one they asked had seen anything suspicious. The boy had simply vanished. Now the police investigation had wound down, Teresa Moynes was desperate. She looked at me and said, I just need to know one way or the other. Is he dead? As I mentioned, this was the first time I'd done this in a professional setting. I didn't charge any money, but it made a difference to me that people knew that I provided a service and that I couldn't guarantee results. I said that up front, before every reading. We sat quietly and I stared into the candle flame. I began to breathe deeply, and I felt Ginger hovering at my shoulder. One, any diptera insect of the family Estridae, commonly known as botflies, 
2. A horsefly, any of various species of fly, of the family Tubanidae, noted for buzzing about animals and sucking their blood. 3. One who upsets the status quo by posing upsetting or novel questions, or attempts to stimulate innovation by proving an irritant. 4. One who merely irritates without making useful suggestions. 5. A bloodsucker, a person who takes without giving back. at a loss as to what to do next. Now your husband explained most of it over the phone. I had a few questions, if that's okay. Of course. Go ahead. Were you close with your son? <sighs> Not as much as I would have liked. After he moved to London, he changed, became more distant. Growing up, he was such a loving child. That place he worked at made him heartless. He wasn't that bad, Barbara. He was just away from the nest, living his life. No, he changed. It was the people at the job. He worked as a broker in the city, and it made him Selfish. When was the last time you spoke to him? It was about two months before he was found. He only phoned about once a month anyway. He never answered when we called him, so we just left messages every week. That's why we didn't report him missing. Oh, God. And you've already told me you're here because you want to know what happened. And to say goodbye. I need to say goodbye to my son. Okay. Now, you may hear me talking with my spirit guide, Ginger. Please don't be alarmed. She's the one who will try to find your son on the other side. 
Does she always find them? Not always. Please bear that in mind. It will help if you think of him throughout the finding. Are you ready to start? Welcome to tonight's Hour of the Dead. Today is Monday, which means we are going back to school. And today's topic has been requested a number of times. We are going to be talking about EVPs, that is, Electronic Voice Phenomena. Now, just to start off, I'm going to read this brief description from Wikipedia. It says, Electronic voice phenomena are sounds found on electronic recordings that are interpreted as spirit voices that have been either unintentionally recorded or intentionally requested and recorded. So, of course, there's a lot of speculation on the validity of these so-called voices. Believers suggest that spirits have the ability to affect electromagnetic fields, so can influence the workings of a microphone, for example. Skeptics, of course, think otherwise. They argue that our brains want to make sense out of chaos. This is called pareidolia, and in the case of EVP, our brains take in the meaningless noise of static and other so-called artefacts created when recording with any device. If part of it sounds vaguely like a word, we will hear that word, even if it's not actually there. Now, this sceptical view is strengthened by the fact that if someone tells you what to expect, you are much more likely to hear it. I'm going to show this to you with an example. We found this EVP on the web, it's quite short, supposedly recorded in an empty restaurant. Listen first and see if you can hear any words. And one more time. Okay, and now for a final time, but I'm going to tell you the word that some people hear. The word is wait. Okay, thanks, Barry. Then we have something that you'll have seen on some of the popular ghost hunting shows. A spirit box is a device that randomly flicks through radio frequencies, only stopping on each one for a very short time. Too short for any meaningful word to be heard. And most of the time, it just sounds like nonsense. Ghost hunters claim that spirits can manipulate those frequencies and build recognizable phrases. So we found another one of these. Check this one out. Are you happy? Are you at peace? Okay, try this one again. After the man asks, are you happy? There's a long drawn out no, and then a whispered yes. Are you happy? Are you at peace? 
so you can see that this is a very subjective kind of evidence. Now we're going to take your calls on this subject right after this message from our sponsor. days as a professional medium I relied on Ginger to push me in the right direction. She was a necessary part of the process going out into the realm of spirit to find the one who he wanted to make contact with. Teresa Moynes wanted to speak to her missing son. I hadn't been in this position before. If I made contact it would confirm Teresa's worst fears if I didn't, she would leave in the same ambiguous state as she arrived. Just because I couldn't contact him didn't automatically mean he was still alive. This was far from being an exact science. I spoke to Ginger. We're looking for the spirit of Bobby Moynes, lost and alone. His mother is here waiting for him. I felt Ginger leave my shoulder with a whoosh. It didn't take long for her to return. I saw her standing behind Teresa, and for a moment I didn't understand what she was doing. Then I realised that she was holding a smaller hand in her own. From behind her skirt, a child peered out at me, suspiciously. Bobby, is that you? I said, and heard Teresa stifle a sob. Come closer, please, Bobby. Your mother is here for you. He emerged and looked up at his mother. He walked forward and placed his small hand on hers. She gasped and began to sob. I began to question him. Bobby, can you tell me how you died? The mournful face turned towards me and he pulled up his jumper. There was a deep gash across his midriff that had not healed in death. I did not describe this to his mother. Bobby, can you tell me who did this? Who took you? An image of a man's face appeared in my mind. I could feel that this was Ginger's doing, that she must be acting as another medium between the boy and me. It was the face of a working man, ruddy and aligned from years of toil. He looked to be in his fifties, with a balding pate and more than a few missing teeth. There was a mean look to him, and I remember physically shuddering. This man turned out to be a friend of the family. I was able to describe him to an artist and Teresa recognised him straight away. After the police questioned him, he broke down and admitted he had seen Bobby on his bike that morning and had offered to give him a lift in his van. He was a sick man 
with overpowering proclivities. Teresa, at least, left my home with some sense of closure. Bobby's body was never found, but she believed enough in the experience and the confession of his killer to know he was at rest on the other side. Kidding. 
Stop on killing. Jackie! Oh my that god, who? Did you hear who? that? This is Al Ashworth, creator of the Strange Circle podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and invite you to visit the Strange Circle website for more facts, stories and clues. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would be very grateful if you could rate and review, especially on iTunes. If you're feeling generous, please sponsor me on Patreon. This podcast is a labour of love and any help you can give is gratefully received. You can find all the information at pod.strangecircle.org. Thanks for listening. Understand that we could call him.